project week. If your vote didn't matter, why are they fighting so hard to keep your vote away from you? We have um, the restoration of rights. You have to get your restoration of rights. If you were a returning citizen, you have to mm -hmm. petition the governor to get your rights restored. The first thing that Governor Yunkin did when he got into office is he implemented a board to review each person's request for the restoration of rights. This is a direct attack on black and brown people's voting rights because he knows he can pan pick three friends of his to, to approve these requests. And again, I implore you, if your vote did not matter, they would not be attacking so hard to keep you from voting. You may not care about politics, but your landlord does, and that's how they keep your rent high. You may not care about politics, but your health insurance does. That's how they keep your premiums high. You may not care about politics, but your boss does, and that's how they keep your payload. Everyone around you cares about politics and they command and control your life and you don't mm -hmm. care about politics. And so you sit under their thumb and their control. But the moment we pull ourselves together, the moment we mobilize our communities like we did in 2020, we show them that together we are more powerful and that we do care about our rights and you will not take our rights away. Hmm. Good evening. My name is Roxanne Johnson. My son's name is Jamal Bird. He was his life was taken by DC Metropolitan Police October 1st, 2019. I'm here with my lovely co-host, Latoya. Good evening, hey, Latoya. Good evening, guys. Hey Roxanne, how you doing? I'm doing hey. well. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Y'all, my name is Latoya Benton. I am the mother of Xavier Hill. Xavier was killed at the age of 18 by two Virginia State Troopers, January 9, 2021. Tonight, we are honored to be joined by Mrs. Monique. Monique, you want to go ahead and give a brief intro to yourself, please? Well, yes. Thank you. Thank you for having us here. I am the aunt of Marcus Golden, killed by St. Paul Police Officers Jeremy Dorspike and Dan Heck, on January 14th, 2015. And we're um, so glad to have you this evening. Um, tell us a little bit about what happened on that day when you lost your nephew. So my nephew was shot around 2.30 in the morning. He was at the back of a, an apartment complex. We found he was actually returning clothes to his ex-girlfriend who was leaving in the morning, trying to return some clothes to her. Someone who she used to date was in, lives in the building, apparently called and simply said, hey, this guy's with her. The guy with the uh, green truck is here. I really don't want him here. Uh, do you want to give your name? Nope. I, I just don't want him here. So that was the original call, which then changed into two weeks. Within two weeks, they had changed the 911 call, completely different recording. Um, that is 46, like 46 seconds within 46 seconds on that call. He was, he was shot and killed. The two officers, Jeremy Dover, Spike and Dan Peck, who showed up reported to the scene unannounced. They did not report back that they were going to the scene. They claimed that they talked to him for 20 seconds. Um, they said they stood on the passenger side of his vehicle. 
Well, there were no footprints where his vehicle had been parked because there was fresh snow. So thank God for that. We were able to trace his car, uh, where his car had driven, his SUV. We were able to show where the officers had been standing. We were able to prove that they lied to the point that they planted a gun in Marcus's vehicle 11 hours later. First, they were saying they didn't know if he was armed. They went to my mother's house where my nephew had been staying to help out my parents. They were elderly. They went to the house and staged his room to say he was suicidal. And then they retrieved the gun that he legally owned. The gun was placed on the floor on top of the broken glass. The gun had no blood on it, no blood splatter stains. They impounded his vehicle. Then we found out that they had planned to auction it off and get rid of the evidence. In spite of the fact that a lawyer had sent a letter to the St. Paul Police Department to preserve all the evidence. So we just happened to find out they were going to auction it off. Wow. They held a press conference. Then they tried to, they were going to charge us to get the vehicle like $1,100. But I didn't want to get the vehicle because I knew there was evidence in that vehicle. And if I moved it, we wouldn't be able to use it. So then they finally agreed after the exposure and after you know, the media was calling. So they're like, we can't even believe this. Like you kill this man in the car and you're trying to sell the auction off the vehicle, get rid of the evidence. Well, mm -hmm. at the time, what we didn't know is that they never performed ballistics. The officer said he, well, when the officer said he thought he heard a shot. Um, a witness said, Marcus probably didn't even know the police were there. Were there. It was really dark in the back of this apartment complex. Um, it's up a hill and then it's kind of like a, do you go up a hill to get to it? And then two, you take a left. So it's, it's a little ways. Um, so the officers were 80 feet behind Marcus's vehicle. When they shot him, he was shot in the back of his head and his left arm. We could tell that after he was shot, he made an abrupt left turn where he crashed into a car that was parked and there's like a hill in front of it and like a little, uh, barrier. So. He turned his vehicle. He had also a bullet hole in the left, um, in the back of his left arm. So it is against federal laws to shoot into a fleeing vehicle. And I don't like to use the word fleeing because he was not fleeing. The officers did not have on their lights. Mm -hmm. So there was no dash cam footage. The officers did not have body cameras at that time. So he was free to leave the parking lot. He was free to leave. The officers claim that Marcus tried to run them over, that he was so close that he hit one of the officer's guns. They never thought that we would have an investigation. They never thought we would get down and dig deep into what really happened. It took six years for me to get a lawsuit filed. I did not have a lawyer. I had a friend, we, had to, we figured it out, got it written and filed, had to file it myself, going down to the courthouses, um, but the Communities United Against Police Brutality Reinvestigation Team, which I joined and remain on to like give back, and the Communities United Against Police Brutality um, Data Practice Team really brought this, got dug deep and got to the truth. So we have about an 85-page report with the reinvestigation. And I should share that with you, ask for links, what to share. We have the re reinvestigation available as well. 
So we were able to prove Marcus didn't try to run them over. We can prove, I've been saying it for years, no, like I didn't have proof, but the new 911 call is only like, uh, I think it's 46 seconds long. There's no way that the person called 911, the officers got there, talked to him for 20 seconds, and then shot him. It all happened in 46 seconds. So St. Paul police refused to turn over any discovery. We were called into mediation before we had, um, um, what it, when they do the, um, when you interview the, uh, what is that called? When you interview depositions, depositions, right. We were called in before depositions, the St. Paul, the city of St. Paul hired two external law firms, one to represent each of the officers. That was the first in the history of St. Paul. Paul Bossman, an amazing attorney who took the case. I had like, I think three months to find a lawyer to take the case. And he stepped up because he had seen my work in the community and I had organized like with his wife, his amazing two goddaughters. They had been in the movement doing work and I had met him when I was emceeing an event. He said, I, I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it. And it wasn't something where he had experience, but hey, I was like, all God needs to come willing to do you. Excuse me? I was saying he was willing to take on the challenge for it. Right. Like I was saying, God only needs someone who's willing to be used, right? Mm -hmm. And what he did, I filed the lawsuit at six years. The statute of limitations for wrongful death ends at three years. People don't file after three. I filed at six. It was just like a Hail Mary pass. This is my last chance. I just got to do something. Now, Monique, how did you get to file at six? What, what happened that you guys were allowed to file at six and your limit was at three? Because the this, because you don't, wrongful death is three, but you can still sue up to six and then you don't have like the punitive damages. So it's just really the only financial benefit is exactly you show this is how much it cost me because he's been gone. He was like cutting the grass. He would do the yard work. He was doing this. It cost me this much. So it's lawyers don't like to take those cases because there's really oh. no financial benefits. So we filed it with oh. a loss. You have to put a money, a, a monetary amount. We said $50,000. Lawyers don't smart. want to be bothered with that. Right. That's, that's really smart because a lot of times, like you just said, a lot of times people run out of time because of statute of limitations and they're like, oh, I'm totally out of options. But if they are, if that person is their financial provider, they should be compensated for that. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. So it's, it's a different scale. Lawyers are typically interested mm -hmm. in it, but I was just trying to get truth. Right. So mm -hmm. we filed it at, at, at six years and what Paul Bossman found in Minnesota, what is called the murder exception, it had only been used like three times before. And it was a law that was put on the books because the KKK, uh, the police would, would, would snatch up black people, give them to the KKK and they would kill them, right? So it removed the statute of limitations. So people could go back and be compensated and try and get some form of restitution for their loved ones that were being taken by the police and turned over to the KKK. So Minnesota has that. He found it. And so what he did in finding that really opened up the case. So in Minnesota, if your loved one was killed by the police, it doesn't matter how long it's been. Hmm. You can get if you can get some data, some information about it, if you can prove that it was intentional, that murder is intentional then you can file a lawsuit at any time.
And what is what tell it again? What was this under? Was the KK? What what exactly was the act under that they filed the charge? Uh, the lawsuit under? It's it's he added he he amended the lawsuit to add the murder exception. The murder exception which meant okay. you could get punitive damages. So then we filed a lawsuit for like six million. Mm. I think a lot of times people got to realize too. Uh, what I'm learning is that when it comes to filing lawsuits. It's the wording. Um, if we're not technical with our words and stuff, they'll, they'll have those words go right over our head. And we are so focused on, uh, is this being with, uh, what is it, a lot of lawyers filed under Section 1983, and we all go with the same thing. But sometimes, like you just said, you got to kind of go around that. That's super smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it, it we we had, it there, there was no other way. So, um that's when it got real serious for St. Paul. They took it very seriously because now we're we're looking at murder. It's not the criminal charges, though. So when St. Paul police paid, the case settled for $1.3 because we wrote it ourselves and we had a couple mistakes, right? It was technical reasons. So the, the lawsuit could have been thrown out by another judge just for technical reasons. But once again, the technical reasons were caused by St. Paul police telling so many lies on my nephew that I could not get a lawyer without having to pay the lawyer. One was like $50,000 because oh. he's like, I paid the case, but you need to pay for the private investigator and yep. the ballistic expert. I'm not yep. a fundraiser. I couldn't do it. I didn't have $50,000 to pay and I yeah. that's not my skill set. And another yeah. attorney was like, you need to raise $230,000. What? Because he's like, you're going to take us through the trial. We'll take this trial. So that was really out of the question. They lied on my my nephew so bad. They said he was there to kill somebody. He was facing felony charges um, for th making terroristic threats to an officer. Um, they just really demonized him in the media. And of course, they said he had the gun. They said he was there to kill somebody. They turned it into a domestic, which is what they do a lot. They'll mm -hmm. say it was a domestic. Because then the police like have the right to search a car, do whatever. Mm -hmm. There's a man that called, that woman never called, right? A domestic. So they had so many lies in the media. When they staged his room to make it look like, oh, he's suicidal. They put that picture on the front page of the St. Paul Pioneer Press, along mm -hmm. with more lies oh. from a previous incident, right? So mm -hmm. the St. Paul police went, all out on a smear campaign to the point where they would drop something else in the news every few weeks, moralize every few weeks. They took Marcus's mother and tried to put her on the psych ward so that they'd have my, more time to cover up their lies. So oh. Marcus's mother was actually a volunteer at that point for like 21 years with the St. Paul Police Department. She was a reserve officer, a volunteer. They called her on her cell phone. Marcus was dead. They called her on her cell phone, went and got her tried to tell us some lies, then said, oh, you can get some services because you work for us. You know, we'll take you here and just sign in. If you just, they just told her like, oh, if you want to get some services, like some mental health like services. services. And it, uh, they were lying. They yeah. put, yeah. tried to check yeah. her into a psych ward. So I couldn't find her after I found out Marcus was dead. I'm like, where is my sister? So mm. they, they couldn't say anything until I got a call from the hospital like, um, has your sister ever threatened suicide? I'm like, no. They're like, well, you, you can come get her. Can you come get her? I don't know why she's here. So 
that was probably about 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, by that time, they had already, you know, they, they were leaving the house. They had re- searched his, Marcus's room, would not let me down the hall, kept blocking it, all kind of officers at the house, holding the space. Um, St. Paul NAACP did a press conference. The president at that time is a family friend. Um, we know well. He knew Marcus, had a press conference. St. Paul police had an agreement with the St. Paul NAACP that the St. Paul NAACP would not speak out against the St. Paul Police Department. Oh, wow. Yes. And so they broke that agreement. It was huge. It was Trahorn Cruz, who is co-founder of Black Lives Matter Minnesota, and I organized with him. He was the media person for NAACP at that time, held a press conference at noon, and that just really set everything off, took it to another level. We had uh, Black Lives Matter Minneapolis reached out, like, hey, we're doing an MLK protest um, because he was killed on the 14th, MLK holiday. Like, we would like to honor Marcus. We'd like to have a candlelight vigil when we're done with the mark. Huge. It was a huge turnout. So much love and support. Um, well, tell me this real fast. Mm-hmm. When it came, as far as like with uh, his case, with the officers, were they indicted on, on his case? What so, happened with the officers? So, the nothing happened with the officers so far, right? So, that was still the civil suit. They paid out on a murder exception. So, literally basically it's an admission that it was murder um so now we have met with two elected officials we'll be meeting with another one coming up we've gone to the city of saint paul attorney and which i already knew they would could not get involved as a conflict of interest because guess what one of the officers father is like the head one of the head people at the city attorney's office isn't that convenient (laughs) I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm and, not even surprised. Right. And at the time, St. Paul Police, Police Department always did their own internal investigations. So they're covering up for each other anyway. So after 28 days, then they sent the case to Washington County. So they're saying it wasn't a fair external investigation. No, it was not. Pete Orput, here's the thing. They said uh, Marcus was sending threat, threatening text messages. They had that on the news and the paper. I'm not sorry. Uh, actually, it's an app where you actually send videos. So you're saying he was sending threatening messages, and the prosecutor for Washington County, where the case went, literally we were protesting outside his house for Dante Wright. Talked to him. He said, "Oh, Marcus, that was such a sad case. Yeah, we wrote to the Middle East. We wrote for the app. We got all those messages. They literally do not have one message. They sent gave us a piece of paper, like in Arabic." We had it interpreted, and the app said they never had a record of Marcus Golden using that phone, his number. And the thing is, it's a video app, so they save and store all of the videos externally because it would use up too much room on your phone. You also have to have that person's number who you're sending it to, and they would have to accept it. So it was a complete lie. He was not sending this man a single threatening text message, but... In the new 911 call, the false one, they had the guy saying, saying, yeah, he's getting threat, been, you know, getting threatening messages and all kind of stuff. The 911 operator, they would not release her name when we asked for discovery. Um, data practice, they would not release her name because they've re- made a whole new recording. And so and they paid she, out on the civil side, but not on the on the criminal side. They didn't do any charges. There's no charges 
on the criminal side. So no. why do they not use? And that's I, I guess that's the part that like really baffles me. And often, you know, saying like oftentimes, it's like why do they? I, I feel like when they pay out on the civil side, to me, that's like a submission to guilt. Well, not only that, but the city, one of the attorneys for the city of St. Paul went to the um, city council to say, this is why we are, you know, why we want to hire two, two separate law firms to represent them and the other officers the city will represent. Because I had a press conference calling out that mess, right? So mm -hmm. she said in her address to them, the officers fired into the back of a fleeing vehicle. That's against the law right there. Yeah. She admitted it right there in the video. She said it. It was obvious. You, they shot. He was First of all, he was shot in the back of the head. So, of course, right. of course, they shot. In, you can't shoot someone in the vehicle in the back. He, he was no threat at all. So, so Monique, tell they, me this. What, what are you guys mm -hmm. doing to this day? What, um, I know they paid on the civil side, but I know... That, uh, I'm just in awe at, or just <laughs> I did not know until just now that you can actually file outside of when the sexual limitations is up. So I think a lot of families need to learn how to actually move forward doing that because so many people there thinking, you know, I'm pressed against this time clock. I got to do it at this point in time because, you know, like you just said, lawyers don't want to step up. They don't want to take the cases. So then you got to file it yourself and then hopefully find the turn later on. What do you suggest families doing to move forward when those things happen if like, they press against the clock? So, well, the first thing is to, if you can get started early, please, you know, get started early, connect yes. with a group, you know, get what you want to do is make sure you get um, a letter to like a letter of preservation that, hey, you are to preserve everything. It's a murder or a crime, so they should be preserving it anyway, but they don't necessarily so you want to get that letter make sure they're preserving that start doing data practice requests like you need to get the scanner chatter right you can hear the scanner chatter of all the officers that were involved, oh my like, gosh yeah yeah right you want to be able to get um you get like the location of the officer's vehicles you want to get ask for right away just ask for we want the photos now they'll do their investigation and sometimes they'll just hold on to that investigation to drag it out so you really can't you know take yep. action but yep. you still want to try to get those and especially like here if it goes to a grand jury or um even if it's just the the county prosecutor decides hey i'm not going to charge or i'm going to charge you want to make sure that you're getting as much data as you can and when they turn out their report right it's a hard it's hard to read the report it's hard to read yes. it's hard to see the photos yes. of your loved one it's hard, right? I tell people all the time right now, even with Xavier's case, uh, the photos, I, I can't, um, I cannot, you know, like I, I have seen the photos of like like the gun and stuff like that. Even with that, when you see a gun, it's all this blood that's on this gun, you know the blood belongs to your child. And it's yeah. think about you're still flipping through the pages and it, it's not going to get any better. You know, so just I think becoming your own detective is what you're saying you have to do. Well, and like, I, I had no idea, like I was trying to write the lawsuit, you know, for at the two year mark, try, I just, I could not make heads nor tails of exactly what I needed to do. And I was like, why did I not just kind of maybe Google it? So 
um, something that I had talked with someone about like, yeah, if we could get like a, a template for people to fill in so they could get their own stuff going. That's it. You know, That's it. and not, that, not only that too, but I think just the part of people uh, educate themselves with using Pacer, uh, with Xavier's mm -hmm. case, I wrote my own lawsuit and I found a lawyer that later on, but Pacer became my best friend. I still look at mm -hmm. Pacer right now because I want to not, the news will tell you one thing, but if you're not into Pacer, actually like following the case itself, you don't really know what's going on in the case for real. That, that's true. And I want to applaud you because I've seen your fight. You kept it going. Like, hey, hey, someone, hey, lawyer dropped it. They want to, okay, fine, keep it up, keep it going. You still fighting. Keep it moving. Okay. I'm, I'm with, I've, I've been watching you like that's what yeah. I'm talking about. I think it's the part about the education portion, you know, and I think like what you're mm -hmm. saying right now, because now when you and I hang up with me, I'm about, I'm about to look up now as far as how do you, because people say all the time, I talk to families all the time, and the, the time clock thing, and when that time clock is running and you, you can't find a lawyer, you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do about my son's case? But what y'all have done, if you can get a template, as well, because then people will say, they'll say, well, I can't find a lawyer. Then they'll say, well, so maybe write it yourself. They're like you said, again, it's like, well, how do I write it myself? But I think we got to start building the foundations as families with building these templates where if you got everything you need that's right here, you you yourself, because you know, legally, no one else can write it for you, but you yourself can file your own case. And that's what the lawyers do. They copy and paste all of them, but not necessarily copy and paste per se, but they make it right. to where it's like, fit to that story, right? Uh-huh. But, but charge us thousands of dollars. So and and also here's the thing. Like when that lawsuit, when you've already done part like the investigation, you have things together, then it's easier to shop to uh, to yes. lawyers. Because they don't want to yes. do the work. Like, oh we have done this. This is part of our investigation. And we have it here. It's all nice in a package. They Absolutely. like Absolutely. But I, I'm going to say we shouldn't have to do that. Families should not have that burden. They should not have that burden. Sure. And everyone doesn't have the skill set to do it. Um, it was it was a struggle for me what I was doing. And then I linked up with someone who was like, OK, let's we, we, can, we can do this how we do. And I was doing a lot of research like, OK, I'm going to look through this report. Let me find this. So it's. I just say it's just it's a test of your faith and you've just got to stand strong and pray for God's favor, you know, to get to get to the truth. And um, that's why I mean, I've been watching you, sister. I'm like and and I want to tell you, thank you, because I saw you had a graphic and you had all these names rolling, scrolling through and you had Marcus on there when you did it for Xavier and solidarity. I was like, oh, sis, thank you. Thank yeah, you. It's encouraging things like that. No worries. We get stuck, I think, on our own personal stories, right? And it's like, no, we can't get stuck on our... I, I beat myself every day, but I, I'm one person, and I can't learn on my own, you know? And I feel like we have to be able to build those... uh Bridge those things here where we can kind of, like, learn from each other. Uh, Monique, if you could tell the community any one thing as far as your case is concerned, not just your case, but your nephew... What would you say to them? Because the podcast is all, like I said to you, is about action. What would you say would be your key words from tonight they can take with them as far as moving forward? I'm like, never give up. Never give up. God can open doors that have been closed. Yeah. Like, literally. People are like, it's over. for No, it's not over for Marcus. I, I'm standing on what God told me. And I'm going to tell you what he said. 
He said, I'm going to tear. He said, he's going to tear down the St. Paul police department like the walls of Jericho. So I'm still fighting. I'm waiting for him to come yeah. down because that's what he said. Yeah. So that's what he's going to do. Don't, mm -hmm. be claiming so don't give up. Don't give up. That's right. Mm -hmm. Don't claim. give up. Claim. But don't, don't, mm -hmm. Go ahead, yeah, don't, give up. don't don't let it consume you, though. Right. There's some people that it just they get stuck. They get mm -hmm. stuck. You have to live your life. Our loved ones wouldn't want us just stuck in that pain and in that trauma in that moment. Right. We got to live, enjoy, move forward, build community. I could have a whole new family of protesters and activists that, you know, I love. I lost my nephew, but man, so many more people call me auntie now. You know, <laughs> I'm blessed. I'm blessed in the midst yeah. of the storm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said again, I love your words. Like you said, as far as like never give up. Um, I myself, I'm inspired. Um, like you said, you're inspired by me, but I'm inspired by you because just by hearing the words of there's more opportunities when they close, say all the doors are closed because they really put it in bold print. Like you got seven such years, sexual limitations. After that, your time's up. And people really get that embedded into their head. And it's like, no, we ourselves got to be a little more innovative like you guys have done. And even if you don't know how to do it, family, we got to begin to like bridge ourselves together for the foundation, you guys. So, uh, Monique, is there anything we can share as well? Uh, I think, Mel, do you have um, the link up that we're going to share for tonight? If you want to go on and throw it up real fast. I think she might. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, are you going to play, play the link real fast? Or how long is it? How long is it? It's a little lengthy. Okay, yeah. So it's not gonna put the whole thing also. <laughs> so you guys, when you do have a second, you all we'll put this link on um life after impact. Monique one, do you want to kind of give my brief description of what the link uh, leads to Monique? So this is a press conference that we had following Marcus's settlement with the city of St. Paul. The city of St. Paul had never they, they don't really pay out on, on their homicides because they did their own investigations, their own cover-ups. So this was really the first one where they were able to really, you know, they were able to dig deep. Um, I really didn't want to settle. I wanted to go to trial, but because of some technical issues, um, the lawyer in Chicago um, would not move forward. So this is just us presenting evidence and the research that we had done just calling out the St. Paul Police Department for their lies. They had a press oh, conference man. following uh, three days after he, he was murdered. They had a press conference, um, which was all lies, right? And St. Paul Police have scrubbed, uh, pretty much scrubbed their stuff from the internet. So, um, but they lied. We called them out and they're still trying to deny. So and like when, you know, used as well. So you guys see the link is on YouTube. It's how how long is the um the link? Did I say two hours? That's what I saw. It could be. It probably is two hours. Okay. You all just make sure you still watch it though. The same way y'all make time watch things on Netflix. You been watch stuff like that. This is just as important. Uh, oftentimes we ask ourselves, how do we move forward? But we're not willing to do the work to find out how you do move forward. Uh, mm -hmm. We talked on here tonight about just one thing about that. We always talk about uh, uh, qualified immunity, things of that nature. And yes, I do understand as far as what we thought of a civil suit. People people have this thing in their head where they think, oh, it only benefits their families. That's not true. Y'all got to realize that when civil suits are won, and granted, it's a settlement case. 
keep in mind the work this family has done in order to get that far. So therefore, that work can be done by anybody else or not, so we can still get that far and keep breaking these barriers. That is always important. Uh, so be sure you do have time to go and watch that YouTube link to learn more about the case and how you can help this family to obtain justice because it's not about just one family. It's about us collective as a community. Um, you guys, before we do go tonight, I want to bring up that next week, Oh, that's like my uh, my little DJ horn. We're going to be live. Uh, Mel, if you want to go ahead and throw this up here on the screen, we'll be live next week at uh, Busboy and Poets in Anacostia. Yeah, that's going to be at 2004 Martin Luther King Avenue, uh, Southeast in Washington, D.C. Please, if you guys are in the area. Um, I, now, I want to say online, it said the tickets are totally sold out, but we may be able to have room for a couple more. Um, you see on here on this flyer at the bottom, this is a community discussion. So we are going to have a panel there, but also it's going to be led by the community. So we are asking for the community to please send us an email to life after the impact at gmail.com on questions and concerns and things you think of as far as how we move forward in the fight for justice. Again, it's going to be life after the impact.com. Please send over your questions and concerns. And also as well, one more time, we want to go to the next screen, please. Uh, like after the impact, we have uh, shirts on sale, you guys. We're trying to raise funds. Uh, the work, we work, we all have jobs and work, but as far as like Monique just mentioned, like uh, I, I can't even keep count of what she even said as far as her family even spent on legal fees. All right, she just said, uh, she's not a fundraiser, I'm not a fundraiser, but we have to raise funds for to keep moving forward in the fight for justice. Is no reason why any family can't obtain justice for their families. We are raising a fund. We have a fundraiser going on right now. These funds are donated just for that. When the time comes, uh, I know for when we thought of Xavier's case, this foul his case cost us $435. That was a style on the case. It has nothing to do with even the lawyers, okay? So just styling the fees will not cost money. So if you could please donate to our uh, t-shirt calls by buying a shirt. And also making a donation. We have, I think it's going on for the next, up into the time of next week. So we're trying to sell 50 shirts by Tuesday of next week. I think we're up to like 13 as of today. So please check this link out as well on Life After the Impact. And please join us next week as well for a live discussion at Best Boy and Poets. Uh, Monique, is there anything you want to end us off with tonight before we go? Well, I, I want to say thank you again, and I will share share your fundraiser, the shirts. I love that, about that action. I'm going to get mine. that action, baby. That's right. That's I'm right. Mine, I like sure. I told you, too, I feel like, too, you know, you said people underestimate the cost that it does as far as either way, whether it be, Roxanne keep popping in and out, you guys. Uh, Y'all excuse her, and that's nice, a little bit on the shaky side. So she's that's kind of in and out. She's here, but she's not here, but she's still here. <laughs> But like I said, we went over the shirts as far as um, okay. Ivan as well. Yep. And I was going to say real fast as far as uh, what the fundraiser is for. We're not trying to like, um, this is not for us to be getting together to, um, I talked to y'all right now on the podcast. Like I said, Monique just mentioned a slew of fees I feel we had to go through in order to get to, what, to any kind of accountability right now. A lot of families would like the opportunity to get their day in court and they generally can't afford that. So therefore, we are really trying our best to make this work and raise these funds so that when families say, hey, I want to have my day in court, but I don't have the money. Here you go. 
you know, for the lawyers and whatnot. This is what this is for. We gotta build the community up yeah. and fight the system. Roxanne, why you you snuck in here real fast? You wanna say anything before we go off tonight? I, I um just um applaud you, Monique, for the the efforts you put forth. It, you know, um, yeah, that that was some some really major moves, right? And I know to God, just you. Glory. I know you had a whole team of people with you, right? To God yeah. be the glory, right? I was I was stuck, literally, not just internet. <laughs> when you said that the lawyers wanted fifty k and twenty five k. Now, uh, we should all have our day in court, but suppose you can't yeah. afford right. your day in court. We right. got to, we got to, that, that ish, that ish got to go. We, anybody who um, wants justice, it shouldn't be a showstopper that you don't have enough money to pay to get justice. Yeah. And, and that ballistic expert, yeah, it's like $25,000 for a ballistic expert, $25,000 for a, uh, a private investigator. So right there, that's knocking us out. That's not going to sound of the arena. Again, don't make an excuse that you don't have the funds. They'll say, I don't have, I'm not, I don't have the education for it. But if we can, yeah. we can handle like a one, like you said, make the template. You know, mm -hmm. here you go. Here's the template. You don't have no excuse. We can help raise the man community so we can go ahead and keep fighting for justice with y'all. This, this is a real thing. Yeah. This will have you going into debt and not paying your bills. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I do want to say something say, to the people who are impacted families, right? Support your mm -hmm. families. It doesn't matter. Don't say, oh, they were armed or unarmed. Because we know that black and brown people are, are killed in situations where white men walk away. Yes. Yes. So we, we don't get a fair chance, right? Our, our people don't get a fair chance. Mm -hmm. So That's right. support, support the families, support the families. Do not believe and do not believe the media reports you got to talk right. to the family you want to know what happened that's right that's if you're going to talk to them you want to know what happened and that be ready to support and help the families and don't give up don't, don't give up give don't, never never give up. Mm -mm. don't give up don't give up don't give up all right you all but at that go ahead i'm sorry i was gonna say keep fighting that's right it's not over not over till not it's over, over. <laughs> that's right that's right that's right all right you guys i'm gonna need, i'm gonna reach out to you as well too on the back end because i think it'll be important to start building the um the foundation of as far as how we build this template even if someone wanted to like reach out to you to say you know hey i'm stuck you know how do i move forward because they're thinking i am about to run out of time they might want to just have that encouragement to say, you know, hey, you might on their time, you might be out of time, but strategically, we can do it this way. I think, you know, it's not even a false sense of hope. It's more so uh, because it can be achieved if people are showing how it can be achieved. So I think just making that connection there and always having that there and important, like I said, again, it's like community building. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. You know, and I love what you said. It's not about one person. It's about all of them. Right. No, yeah. no big eyes and no little use. You had a video. You did. It doesn't matter. They're dead. Right. We're going to lift them up and support them anyway. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Doing it together. So, all right, you guys, this has been life after the impact. Um, like I said, again, be sure to join us next week out in Washington, D.C. for our live event. 
Also, we're going to um, be selling these shirts uh, up until Tuesday of next week. If you can please grab a shirt, make a donation. Again, all funds are donated to fight for, fight for justice, and that's that's real. Uh, you got Roxanne, you last words we go tonight? All right, y'all, she might be stuck again. So this has been Life After the Impact, you guys. Good night, Monique. Have a good night. Peace. One of the challenges that we realize there's not enough consent right. decrees happening around the country. And most of the names people don't know. Yeah, so yeah. I think we have to go to the DOJ in force and say to them, listen, we got thousands of names. And we believe these names are connected to patterns in local law enforcement that's going unchecked. And we know more individuals are going to die because of it. Because the consent decrees, again, like that happened after Rodney King. And different administrations, will, and the Trump administration came in and they ended them. So we really need something in place that takes the consent decrees to the next level. The community of individuals and families who, who hold these names near and dear have to go to the DOJ and make this a priority. And I think it also gives us the ability to begin to think and organize together. Because yeah. people have to realize the the gravity of what we're dealing with. We're dealing with folks being lynched in 2023. And Literally. not only are we dealing with folks being lynched, we're dealing with folks being black folks being lynched predominantly with no accountability, no, no recourse, no. nothing left no. to deal with that trauma, right? Yeah. But we need to talk about what the next level of pressure and accountability looks like, because I think we have to go beyond consent decrees as well.